0: end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine, Joe Souchelet.
1: Well, not so fast. It's not quite the mayor. Jake Cole from Channel 5 filling in for the last hour. You're
2: sure acting like I'm the mayor right yeah, now. That's right.
1: right. Joe, Joe was here kind of uh, in spirit uh, with Anthony Bourdain there. Great interview. And I, and I and was t- as I was telling you when I was talking too much in the talk back yeah. uh, through the mirror window here... Um, so when you said the text saying, hey, you know, I wish it was under better circumstances that I was going to be on it, two rather than one. Right. Um, it was a great interview. Uh, sad to hear that he's gone. Um, and I got the text and went, wow, that's great. Makes sense. It'll be a great interview. Plus, now, a selfishly, golden retriever going into labor at the house. Really? Yeah. So, you know, I got 10 more kids coming in the next 24 24- hours. So you, Something uh, like that. I don't know. So there's lots of scrambling going on, man, right now. You got home. to ask, so it worked I, out for you. I, yeah, it worked out. That's what I'm saying. kind of okay. worked out. And then, and then, of course, now I'm leisurely, right? Well, wow, yeah. I got a little time. Yeah, you're, you're sure. cash. So I'm leaving at one, grabbing the sandwich. I still haven't finished the tabbouleh yet from the Marine General store. Yeah, yeah. And a horse trailer. I'm behind a horse trailer. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, stage stage line coach road or whatever it's called right. out there. I no, just thought, oh, he's going to turn. He's going to go into one of the farms anytime soon, right? Right. No, he no, went all no. the way
3: to 61, didn't he?
1: All the way to 36. Oh, my God. So I'm not I, I better send a voice text all garbled as it is. I, I'm hoping to get there on time. Don't yeah. know. No, you were good. On the interview, with the interview, two things struck me, though. Um, one jumped out, it was toward the beginning of the interview. Joe was asking him about um, kind of his backstory of his life coming, right. coming up and growing right. up in New Jersey. And, he said how he got into becoming working in a kitchen and then becoming a chef and doing what he does now. He said he was kind of in that, he was a privileged kid, you know, middle-class upbringing, everything going his way. But he, at some point uh, he didn't know what he wanted to do. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially he said, I was uh, angry at the world mm-hmm. and slightly depressed. And then he said, and Joe followed it up with why. And he said, I was just was, he said I was, you know, the world was just one big disappointment to me. Wow. Which was interesting given what's happened in the last uh few hours, the word that he had killed himself. Um I thought that was something. And then he later he 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 was talking about his his work, the authenticity of it. Mm-hmm. Just gonna, you know, not worry about the cigarettes, the drinking and, and he was just gonna do his thing and, and we were gonna try to stay one step ahead of the the network, um, and, and they by the time we had done something, they you know, we were onto the next thing and they couldn't even figure out what we did the week before. I would have I would love to know how he managed to do that though. Because you you know what I'm saying? Until you've reached a certain level right. of success, you can then. Right. But in the beginning, he had to be much like anybody else. I, I don't know. Maybe he to be wasn't. A, Maybe out of the gate, he was just that way.
3: There had to be a major amount of uh, producer behind the scenes right? trust. Yeah. That this was going to be successful. Because you've been in the business for a while. Yeah. People you have uh, lived with have been in the business.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean. You got to have a model. And they want you to stick to that model. Right. It's a, a producer
3: a, driven. Yeah. And talent. Yeah, you can do a little bit. But basically, yeah. here's the
1: way it's going to go. Because there's others putting up the money to put the show on. And then you've got your uh, distributors. and Right. And so I can't imagine that he, he came out, that Tony came out, Tony Bourdain c- came out out of the gate. Maybe he did. And they just said to him, no, we're going to give him free license. If it flops, he'll be gone in the first six episodes mm-hmm. or or it'll, or it'll go. I would I would have been curious to know how, how that all came about. Because then once he had the huge success, of course, at that point, right? Tony can pretty much say, no, this is how I'm going to do this it. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. It. And so, and I've always loved his show. Um, and Joe asked another very good question about, you know, what's tuning in to see what the, what the wacky food he's going to eat next. Mm-hmm. That, And then he said, well, no, that's not what the show's about. It's about this, that, and, the other. and I'm thinking, well, no, wait a minute. As I remember it, when I first got turned on to it years right. ago... I wanted to see what craziness was going to happen with the food again, and what was he going to eat? How they were going to prepare
3: yeah. it in th- like Joe in yeah. the third world country, where right. they buried the yeah. warthog and in, in all the crap. It, it
1: was about the crazy stuff he was doing, right? And that's and he was that's what, how I remember getting turned yes, on to it.
3: Yes, and you know I, I would say that he, you know Andrew Zimmern with yes. bizarre foods kind of picked up where uh, yeah. Tony let uh, left off. Yes, and and Andrew does a great job too. He's he a does. fun character to look at, yep. and I I think he's a funny guy, and yep. I like. But Anthony. Uh, he took Tony, it. wait. I'm sorry, Tony. Tony. As he told us to call him, Tony. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, just meeting him when he was here, he was really calm, cool, collected. He was, and he didn't have that. You felt at ease with him. You didn't feel like right. He's a big star because I was a little starstruck. He was a mm-hmm. pretty big deal to have on the show. Yeah. Joe had watched, so he had a familiarity with him. But Joe normally wouldn't just have a TV star on. Right. But Joe had an interest in it. Therefore, right. he wanted right. to talk to him. And on the show, though. Tony had a, 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 the look. Mm-hmm. He was neat to look at because he had the tattoos. Yeah. He, had the, he had the frizzy, crazy the frizzy, hair. Frizzy, crazy
1: hair. And he did have the three bags under his eyes from the night before. Yes. And he
3: was uh, smoking. Yeah. You know, and he would try their cocktails
1: and stuff <laughs> right. like that. So well, I've, a few times I've seen him, what I I was convinced he was pretty. He was there. Yeah. He was feeling yeah. her right in the middle of the show. <laughs> yes. He had a few under the belt. Yes. And I loved it. I had no problem with it. Um, And I get what you're saying about him because I would get the sense that what I'm. Seeing there on the screen would translate just the way you described it. Sitting here, or if he was sitting in 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 a bar with you, or at a pizza joint with you, right. it's pretty much just he just he just is who he is, and yeah. it works. He doesn't. He, there's no pretense or errors or the on-air guy versus the the other guy. He at least that's the impression you get, and it's good, nice to hear that that's how he was because I had the sense he was that way because I'd heard him in other interviews before as well. One of my all-time favorite. Tony Bourdain quotes in it. Always stuck with me because I, just like some of the stuff I hear you say on the radio, mm-hmm. I steal it from you. Sure you do I say it that night at somebody's dinner table, and they think it's hilarious. And I don't ever <laughs> tell them right. I heard it from. Oh, no, you don't have Rookie to. Lookie just said that on the radio. It's, no, why should I? Right. I, no, this is mine. This is you mine. You stole it from somebody. we work so well I'm together. Yeah. You've, what does Tony fly used to say? If you stole it from me, you've stolen it twice or whatever. Right, or something so like it's that. It's okay. I. um. Uh, he he's, because it was back to the the drinking and the smoking on the show, and uh, he, he turned to some somebody's show. I can't remember which episode, but anyhow, he said, and it stuck with me. He goes, "Hey, the body is not a temple, man. It is an amusement park. Enjoy the ride." So whenever I'm out there by the ashtray that's almost burning off the wall here at Hubbard, mm-hmm. and somebody gives me grief about the old heaters, I just turned him with that old Anthony. I'm, it's not a temple, man. Amusement park. It is an amusement I'm, I'm going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, my great ma- interview, and it is very sad that he that he's gone. So my mom had just sent me a text and said, I don't know
3: if you're aware of this, but something on Facebook there. This my is my brave, or this is my. I'm not sure what that is. A daily column on Facebook, and today's quote was, "You'll learn a lot about someone when you share a meal together," and that was by Anthony Bourdain.
1: Yes, and he and when he was just telling Joe about why food was important. He hit it. I mean, he was saying, when you you think about a meal, we all come together. We usually have drinks. You talk about the day. You talk about the – it's a coming together kind of thing, right? Right. And uh, the food is from specific cultures for a reason – uh, it was. I love the guy. It's too bad. I mean, he he was very entertaining
2: and very smart guy, too. You know, and that's very true, because one thing I've learned in having shared numerous meals with Rook is <laughs> he never pays. <laughs> Bada-ving. I got the short alligator arms. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't deny it. By the no, way, you gotta own it, I'm you right know? behind him. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I'm probably more than the two of you combined. Oh, Joe, you're going to pick uh, this one up again? Yeah. Oh, oh, you shouldn't, really. <laughs> that's what my
3: dinner invites are. I'll say, hey, where do you want to go buy us dinner? Uh, yeah. Um, the next one is Parlor in St. Paul. He's, right. And he'll say, uh, "You set it up, I'll uh, pay."
1: I'll pay. And that's you know what? That's great our working relationship. That's it's a our great agreement. Work. You well, set it up, I'll pay. Whenever I'm with Dahl and Stillwater, when Dave, Dave Dahl and I, yeah. go, <laughs> he makes the money. Well, he does, and I let him know. Yes, repeatedly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll reach for the wallet like three four times. I don't even do that until anymore. He, until he gets it out of the corner corner of his eye because then Dave jumps right in. No 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 I got it, I got it. I'm like are you sure? I, I can't. He, my, did, he didn't <laughs> those arms. Oh hang on. He didn't see the. My my, my
3: my wrist is stuck to my nipple. I can't I can't separate it right now. He didn't uh,
1: see the five times I reached for the wallet right. before. And he's like, I saw it. It's
3: still in your coat. It's yeah. not in your back pocket. I told him, cake. I
1: said, man, I remember the days back here when all the anchors, you guys had corporate credit cards. So come on, come on. Cough uh, it up. Cough it up, Dave. Oh, and he does. He We're do going to switch gears here yes, now. Yes, we are. What do we do when we come back? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, so at uh, I got an interview coming up with an interesting gentleman. who used to be president of the Minneapolis City Council. I've been doing a series of stories, and Paul Ostro, is the gentleman who's going to join us, he um he's caught some of my stories, and he's... It's about the commons. We've got a we got a $20 million piece of sod down there in Minneapolis yeah. called the commons. Nine acres right next to U.S. Bank Stadium. You can't miss it, yeah. right? $20 million because that was going to be a premier downtown park, right? right. Well, the, my last update was lots of sod and grass, man. We don't have half of what they said we were going to have, but there's an interesting lawsuit that just was resolved about the commons that could throw the whole thing. We'll let Paul explain okay. it when he comes okay. back, all right? It's a nice Friday. Jay Cole's from Channel Five uh, in for the mayor today. You got rookie Reavers Height. Kenny is he in later? Yes, everybody's here except except the mayor. <laughs> uh, we got something called the Commons in downtown Minneapolis. In case you haven't heard, um, twenty million dollars is what the city of Minneapolis paid for that old uh, Star Tribune location. If, you, if you're trying to picture where it is, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the old Star Tribune uh, building and parking lot. It was torn down, cleaned up. City bought it. It's nine acres, approximately, right next to. Um, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, and right across from the Wells Fargo Center, whatever you want to call it now, the big two office towers. Anywho, I've done a series of stories on it for the last couple of years since it opened. $20 million is what taxpayers invested into it. Plus, the, it's another million dollars to maintain it a year, so the money doesn't stop there. Um, and there was supposed to be some private fundraising to go along with it. The private fundraising hasn't lived up to what they thought it was going to be. And so uh, instead of having you know a music pavilion and a stage... Maybe a couple of restaurants, they're going to have water features, you know, for the kids to play in, you know, those kind of miniature water parks. They're going to have ice skating rinks in the wintertime. A lot was promised back in 2015 and 16 with the commons when the city bought this piece of land. And the stories I've been doing, you know, subsequently have pointed out that, well, for $20 million, got some sod, (laughs) you've got some benches. And the Vikings get to use it uh, whenever they so choose. <laughs> and then you had the Super Bowl, which locked it up for a couple of weeks in February. So I'm not so sure the People's Park called the Commons next to the People's Stadium is is, is yet lived up to what they built it to be. Maybe it will someday. But in the interim, uh, former City Council uh, President Paul Ostro has seen some of my stories. And then he was... Uh, tracking something interesting that was happening with the commons that just kind of came to a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a head in court a week ago. Um, and uh, Paul's kind enough to join us today to talk a little bit about the legal stuff that's happening with what we call the commons downtown. Paul, thanks for taking the time. I really do appreciate it.
0: A pleasure to be with you, Jay.
1: Yeah. So as I set it all up there for you, I teed it up. We got a twenty million nine acre park that doesn't have much in it just yet. Um, and there was a lawsuit explain what the lawsuit was about paul who filed the lawsuit and what was this lawsuit about concerning the commons cuz this is this is a big deal for the taxpayers of Minneapolis who've paid 20 million dollars so far 20 million plus for that park
0: absolutely well this is a good thing for the taxpayers but it will require some courage on the city council and the park board to make that happen the lawsuit was a lawsuit brought because the Minneapolis city council has no authority to operate and maintain parks in the city Uh, that authority is exclusively in the minneapolis park and recreation board Uh, that has never really been subject to any debate except for the fact that on two separate occasions the city attorney took the position that in fact the city council could separately uh, run the commons as a park uh, and this is just, this is a, that, sorry to interrupt that,
1: you paul sorry to interrupt you, but that's an oh, important sure. distinction we're we're one of the few if maybe the only big city twins the twin cities metro area minneapolis and st paul included but in particular minneapolis where we have a, our own parks board that is elected that has taxing authority to run the park and trail systems in a, in a city most cities don't have that they have a parks and rec department this is a little that's, unique and so the park the park board. Does does not run the commons it's actually the city so there you go right am, am i right about that
0: exactly And the court ruled that any expenditures that the city council has uh, made uh, to operate and maintain the park are unlawful expenditures so i think folks should think about that for a minute uh, and, and the city council was told and the park board was told and anyone involved in this was told uh, in december of 2013 that the commons could not be operated and maintained by the city council That any agreements had to be with the park board and frankly they just went ahead anyway. So, uh, so what did the, the, well, the, the judge rule? It's pretty alarming.
1: Tell the folks what, do you, what the judge say? Sure. Hennepin so District you, Court Judge, by the way.
0: Yeah, Hennepin judge, uh, District Court Judge Peterson ruled that the uh, city council, as opposed to Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board, has no authority to operate and maintain uh, the commons park. Uh, and so if the commons park is in fact going to be run as a park, uh, it has to be run, operated, maintained by the Park and Recreation Board.
1: This is uh, fascinating because the city, as I mentioned, it is $20 million plus because it's over a million dollars a year to operate it. So there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 to $25 million for basically nine acres of grass. Am I wrong about that?
0: You're not wrong about that. It, and the reason that little has happened on the commons is because the commons is burdened with a use agreement, and I won't bore your listeners with all the details, but there was a use agreement that actually was signed off between Ryan Companies and the Sports Facilities Authority, and it was a pretty convoluted thing back in 2014, but the use agreement uh, is wonderful for the Vikings. It gives them free use of this uh, publicly acquired space whenever uh, they want it. Uh, but that use agreement makes it virtually impossible to do many of the things you mentioned. It makes it impossible to put a restaurant in there, it makes it impossible to do any kind of planning, because essentially the Vikings have a veto power over anything that might happen on that part. See, that, so and
1: that was the promise. That? It was The promise was $20 million, but man, you're going to get a restaurant, maybe two restaurants on that park. You're going to have the water feature. You're going to have ice skating. We were going to have a music little miniature amphitheater down there. I mean, it was, you know, when you looked at it, it was pretty ambitious, but you thought, well, okay, if it comes to that, maybe it's all worth it. But, but right now, there's nothing, what you're telling me right now. Is with the, with the deal they've got with the Vikings, none of that can happen. And now you got a district court judge saying, hey, in the city of Minneapolis, you can't even run that thing. You're not, under the state, under the city's charter, you can't even run it, right? So now what do they do? What's next now? I mean, what happens? They're, they can't get the $20 million back.
0: Well, exactly. What needs to happen now, frankly, is the city council and the Minneapolis Park Board get to do a do-over. Uh, and someone has to have the courage to, uh, the park board clearly has the authority to unwind that horrible agreement uh, that uh, Mayor Ryback, for example, way back in 2014 said should be renegotiated. So there is now a chance to renegotiate that use agreement uh, that uh, gives away the store to the Vikings and makes it impossible for this park to be what it can be. What needs to happen is that the park board needs to do that. We've asked the park board to meet and discuss the issue. They've refused. Hmm. Uh, We have asked them for their position on a lawsuit, uh, and and all that they have uh, provided so far is to argue on behalf of the Vikings uh, that they get free use of this park and that all those agreements are binding on all of the parties. That's what needs to happen is that somebody on the park board needs to say, this is not in the public interest, and what's in the public interest is to aggressively renegotiate this agreement. And then the commons can be, what it was originally intended to be, it will never be what it was intended to be, unless somebody shows the courage to force a renegotiation of that contract, that know, use agreement.
1: Outside of the stuff that we've run on Channel Five, the stories I've done on Channel Five, there's been very, very little coverage of of, of this to any degree. Given the amount of money that's been pumped into this thing, like I said, twenty plus million dollars to have just grass and benches out there and i you i would have thought there'd be more attention paid to this are you as surprised as myself that there's not more attention and scrutiny i just don't get it i don't get it
0: uh, i don't get it either jay except uh uh complexity is the enemy of good government and democracy in my opinion and <laughs> uh and, and so what has happened is you've got all these convoluted legal agreements and lease agreements and use agreements and and uh you know it's it, i'm a licensed attorney yeah. i was the council president it's almost difficult for me to unwind all of this and so i think that is part of the problem the, the other thing is there's this narrative that has been uh spun that somehow this uh park uh, just incidentally benefits vikings that it's primarily for the yeah. the, 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 public. For the public and the yeah. opposite is the opposite is the case. Both this this park and the the Mills Fleet Farm ramp, for example, which sits empty most of the time, uh, both of those were primarily created, they were requirements of the stadium legislation, uh, and they should have been paid for by the Vikings. They were part of the stadium project, but instead the city of Minneapolis jumped in uh, and used public money uh, when those things should have been provided as a part of the stadium deal by the vikings
1: i gotta end this here paul thanks for the time paul Absolutely. Ostro, former city council president of minneapolis I'll, I'll stay with the story and we'll see what happens
0: thanks for having me on jay yeah it's, see you it's later important.
1: paul yeah it is Thank important you. it's a lot of money all right see ya, man that's it we'll
3: be right back huh uh, we will be right back we will take our break and we're going to go out east to mr bruce vale with the your money now report and it comes to us courtesy of Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. Good Friday afternoon, sir.
4: Well, it is good uh, so far for the stock market. We are seeing some small gains today. Concerns about the G7 Summit are not really weighing on the market too much. The Dow Jones Industrial Average had 46 points. The NASDAQ Composite is up 10. And the S&P 500 is holding on to a 5-point gain. Korean automaker Kia is recalling more than a half million vehicles in the U.S. to fix a flaw that may prevent airbags from deploying in a crash. The recall is linked to a federal investigation into four fatalities and six injuries in Kia and Hyundai vehicles from airbags that failed to deploy. The Kia recall affects certain Forte, Optima, and Sedona vehicles from the 2010 to the 2013 model years. You're probably not thinking about snow right now, but snow blower maker AmeriSun is recalling more than 46,000 snowblowers sold in the U.S. and Canada due to an injury hazard. The recall involves a Marison Power Smart two-stage snow from the 2015 through the 2017 model years the company said the pulley belt can loosen and cause the snow blower to get stuck and drive posing an injury hazard I'm Bruce Vale with Your Money Now on 1500 ESPN
3: Well dummy I wasn't thinking about snow until you put
4: it in my head Well that's what I'm here for
3: Yeah I mean let's 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 give uh June we're
4: not going to think about snow at all during June okay I'll, I'll have the hurricane report next hour
3: All right sounds good that is Bruce Vale with the Your Money Now report Quick reminder for those of you going to our website and want to participate in some fantasy golf, go to 1500espn.com. Yes, we got a major coming up so you can play fantasy golf. Do you want to learn more about it? Okay, go to our website 1500espn.com and click on the fantasy golf banner.
1: Oh, my. Look at how how the time flies. I thought for sure I was going to, for once, get to Johnny right at the bottom of the hour. Nope. That's close. Closer than usual. Closer than
4: usual. Could be worse. Scramble
1: Friday. Let's do it. With the 2.30... Update, we got Johnny Hyde at 232. I'm <laughs> impressed. Jay. For
3: you, that's on time. Uh-huh. It's like going to Vegas. I <laughs> you you guarantee you're going to lose 250 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So if you lose 250, uh, uh, you're even. Yep. <laughs> it's,
2: exactly, it's an over under <laughs> right, thing with right, me. Right.
5: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's cloudy and 71 wow. degrees. Twins Angels open up a three game weekend series at Target Field tonight. Lance Lynn for the Twins, Garrett Richards for the Angels. You know what we call them? Mm.
1: The Halos. The Halos. How come so we don't call them that anymore? We really? Yeah, we, well, we used to. We used to? You Speak. want to know? Because the old hats, remember? Remember that? Remember yeah, the, with The, 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 the halo. The
3: halo on
2: top. Yeah, thank you. Beyonce speaking has a song of... called Halo, doesn't she?
3: I wouldn't no, know. No, that's Lionel Richie. It's Halo. Halo. It's Halo.
5: It's Speaking of the Halos. Yes. Uh, this uh, I, I don't like this news. Today. I predicted this. You did. They today put Shohei Ohtani on the 10-day disabled list Oh. With a, with a grade 2
2: sprain of the ulnar collateral ligament in oh. his right elbow. And I'm not being boastful about this. You just, you cannot, a body cannot withstand that amount of work. It just, it just can't.
6: That and is it's what, too
2: bad because I absolutely loved what he's yeah, brought to the game, and it's a shame that he's hurt. It really is. I've had a few girlfriends tell me the same thing,
1: that a body like that just cannot <laughs> yeah, handle that. Only much so work. much damage. I mean, thanks, Reavers. you yes...
5: So yep. you're on the DL then, too? John? Yeah, I've been for a <laughs> long has been, time. Has been since 89. Very perceptive <laughs> of you there, Johnny. Yes. Uh, which team wins the NBA championship, whichever team that is? Uh, President Donald Trump <laughs> says, don't worry about it. I won't be inviting either one of them. Oh. He, told reporters, he told reporters today, I didn't invite LeBron James, and I didn't invite <laughs> Steph Curry. We're not going to invite either team. Uh, he did say the Washington Capitals, uh, he said if they want to be here, it's the greatest place on earth. I'm here. If they don't want to be here, I don't want them. Well, they so, don't really have to travel.
1: They're in Washington. <laughs> right. And Ovechkin is tight with Putin, so
5: well, I'm sure he'll right. Mis- he'll want him there. Right. Mister yeah.
1: Roycey uh, on Twitter, yeah, uh, pointed
5: something to you know a Russian connection. And, <laughs> right. you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course, Ovechkin will be there. And then, of course, yeah. he got a bunch of tweets back from people who are
2: very serious
6: about their <laughs> politics.
2: <laughs> Uh, also break He's a professional <laughs> fisher, isn't <laughs> right, he really folks? Is the fact that you he keep buying it, yeah. that, that's why he keeps yeah. doing it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> also breaking news back to the twins yeah. for a quick moment. Uh rookie chickened out, but yours truly will be hitting against T C Bear in the home run derby nice. tomorrow at Target. I wow. can't do it or the tomorrow one game. And I'm, I'm nice. mad. Uh, you know, I am, too, because you always make me look good. <laughs> right. Well, I'm always there for comedy.
3: Right. I'm always there for the comic relief. <laughs> right. And then TC will hit about 15 home runs and leave me hanging. Yeah. And Although,
2: I'm- did I, was I there for your one and only ever home run I in the so. Home Run Derby? I think so. I yeah. think you were. Hey, Well, at least you got one. I would starts Eddie. with one. <laughs> <Right>. Starts <laughs> with one. <laughs> and he Baby steps, c- <laughs> and he celebrated as if he had just won the Stanley Cup. Of
1: course, he. Well, it's kind I of was the same for thing to hoist. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh, Reavers.
2: Uh, who's uh, who's on the DL again? What, what's his name? Shohei Otani. Oh my goodness, not Shohei. What? Not Shoei. He's the, uh, the the pitcher they just signed from Japan. He, also, he, also, he also plays He's a DH. Oh, okay. That the guy. That okay. guy okay. And I oh,
3: haven't seen a lot man. of Twins games this year. So.
2: No, no. And but poor, now I
3: know who he is. Poor Shoei. How
2: are the Angels going to get along without well, Shoei? But in all honesty, <laughs> Jay, this is huge because he was appealing to the non-baseball fan, which was bringing Desenal. in a lot of people. Because oh, there no are idea. no... Two-way players, for lack of a better way to put right. it, really. Yeah, oh, he pitches you and know. he hits. <laughs> uh, who had the switch hitting
3: machine? <laughs> Played for the Mets. Who? Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza. Yep. Yeah, right. he was a two-man
5: two player, two-way right? goer. Two-way. Yeah.
1: Okay. Wasn't he a two-way I, goer? If, uh, uh, if
5: Mike. <laughs> Mike Piazza's lawyer is listening. That was right. Matt McCulski. I mean, the he rookie. could DH and he right. could play in the field. He exactly. played the field
2: exactly in the field. In the field is where he
1: played. News notes wow. and he touched might them all. I have to replay that. The, he uh, touched them all. He touched them Remember? all. Remember, it was the Mike. Wasn't
3: it the Mike Piazza switch hitting machine?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I think that was a bit somewhere. Yeah, that was. Uh,
3: yeah, well, you know, we'll play that coming back. We'll play that one coming back. Because all those kids that participated Ooh. in that ad are now all
7: in college. Oh, no, they're all they're in
5: yes. so, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I kind of wish yeah. now you'd gotten to me really, really? late. Yeah. 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 News, notes, uh, news notes from today. Nine University of Minnesota football players, remember, involved in that investigation mm-hmm. into sexual assault allegations at the U are now suing the school in federal court. Court records show the players, all African-American, alleged racial and gender discrimination, intentional, uh, willful, no. and malicious misconduct, and deliberate indifference. Aren't a couple of them still on the team? A female student accused several gopher football players of sexual assault in September 2016. After a police investigation, the Hennepin County Attorney's Office declined to press criminal charges. However... Ten players initially suspended, leading to a highly publicized bowl game boycott and eventually a coaching change. In the end, four players were expelled, two were suspended for a year, the rest were cleared of wrongdoing. The lawsuit names the university's Board of Regents, University of Minnesota President Eric Kaler and Tina Marasam, who heads the school's Office of Equal Opportunity and Affirmative Action, as the defendants. It seeks to require the U to reinstate four of the players as students in good standing, as well as requiring the school to expunge... From the plaintiff's records, all references to any charges or findings of sexual misconduct.
3: Not to mention that these guys were just complete. I wouldn't want them around any family member I had.
5: It also seeks... uh, Cowl. Compensatory boy I gotta write this time yep. <laughs> damages against the university and Kaler and Marisam acting in their individual capacities in an amount to be determined at trial as well as attorneys' fees, disbursements and other court costs, all interest allowed by law, and such other and further relief as the court
1: deems just and Proper.
3: Yeah, because you're such prominent citizens.
1: And you know, Johnny, I can wow. help you with trying to stay away oh, from that wait. word compensatory. Yeah. It just, they just, i you come across it and they, and they what they want in return but is lots and lots of money. Lots and lots of money.
2: Compensation. That's been one of those words I've screwed up m- many times in o- the year. All of us, many yes. <laughs> yeah. Although, did you see that there was a kid? Drafted in the first round from Waukesha, Wisconsin. This year? <laughs> no, seriously, he was. Waukesha. Yeah. 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 Waukesha. There's, it's there's, Waukesha.
1: There's also. Well, a, was he really in the first
2: round? Huh? Yeah. That's picked him?
1: There's a story right now
5: of the fella, remember, that they're looking for from Wisconsin. And you know what county he's from? No. I'm not
2: saying. Racine? So.
1: No. no.
2: <laughs> well, you can't I leave is. the audience hanging like that, yeah. John. That's
1: well, very rude. From
2: it's Green that one. Waukesha. Waukesha. It's that one that's tough to say, Waukesha. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Waukesha.
3: Waukesha.
2: Hey, don't worry, you're not the one that thought the baby's name was Palace. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's probably the lowest moment in the history of KSTP
1: radio. That's no, no, because I was listening that day and I almost drove I It was one of the high points. That well, because
2: once I knew I was busted, right. I just you have to continue <laughs> yeah. with
1: the bit. Yep. You, and, you know, you should have just continued with Joe saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty yeah. sure it means the kid's name is Palace. Right. What are you talking about? It's a semicolon. <laughs> <Is that>
5: right? <laughs> a Minnesota man has taken a lawsuit against his father all the way to the Minnesota Supreme Court, and dad is fine with that. The Supreme Court this week clarified a state law and public access for hunting, clearing the way for Corey Ordenick to sue his father, Robert Ordenick, over a deer hunting accident. Corey broke both legs when he fell from tree stand on the family's hunting land near Hinkley in 2012 when he was 29. His recovery took multiple surgeries and left Ordnick with a six-figure medical bill. The Star Tribune reports his attorney, Matt Barber, says the lawsuit is all about recovering insurance money. He says Minnesota requires people who are injured to sue the person who injured them if they hope to recover a payment. Dad is fine with all this, and in fact, according to the lawyer, it was Dad's idea to pursue this.
1: Hmm. I, I don't get why that would be great for Dad.
5: Because, well, it wouldn't be because he'd probably either lose his insurance or see a rise in his insurance or yeah.
1: whichever. So yeah. why, why would Dad encourage uh, do we? Eh, he, just, he wants the kid to have the six figures uh, paid off, I guess. He I, doesn't care if it comes from insurance and, he, and, and ultimately yeah. his pocket. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of sloped foreheads up there. All right, so
2: All
1: right. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> All right. We'll be back with Dave. <laughs>
7: Hey, Little Leaguers, are you tired of only being able to hit from one side of the plate? Hey, man, what kind of game are you playing? Well, now your troubles are over. From the makers of the Mike Piazza Pitching Machine comes the Mike Piazza Switch Hitting Machine. Hey, aren't their uniforms cute? Aren't the uniforms cute? It'll totally change the way you play ball, thanks to all-star catcher Mike Piazza. Safe at home, safe at home, the catcher's pants are full of fun. Kids across the country are not only learning how to switch hit, but play full time for the other team. Are you on our team? Whose team do you play on? Maybe up until now, your kids weren't ready to learn how to become a switch hitter. Hey, no thanks. That's not my style. No way, Jose. I don't play that way. But thanks to career right-handed hitter Mike Piazza showing the way, anytime is a good time to become a switch hitter. You switch hitters are all the same. So now if you show up at the ballpark and feel like being a righty, but then after the first inning you feel like switching to be a lefty, now you can't. Thanks to the Mike Piazza switch-hitting machine. Throw those Ball straight over the plate. balls straight over the plate. Ooh, I love this game. The Mike Piazza switch hitting machine. Because sometimes, you just never know. I like the Mike Piazza Junior model. Some assembly required. Batteries not included. The Mike Piazza switch hitting machine. Thanks for the game, Dad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're all you in can. college now, and uh, their voices
3: are a little deeper.
1: <laughs> Holy man.
3: <laughs> All right,
1: David. (laughs) Those balls right over the plate. Right Right over the plate. And speaking of a guy who's going (laughs) to
2: throw those oh, balls right over that. the plate what <laughs> no
1: he means like a strike we need a oh. strike we oh. are oh. talking oh. about mike piazza's oh. <laughs> I started dave, to might hurt. Not, dave might not have heard the pitch before i started <laughs> to hurt there for a little bit yeah. right?
8: <laughs> uh, if you hadn't heard it it's good man okay i'll have to hear it 70 right. hey dave what do we got <laughs> we got 70, 71 out there right now some uh kind of a mix of clouds and sunshine out to our west, though, some developing thunder showers right around Wilmer. Mm-hmm. We're going to probably get some scattered thunder, uh, mainly after dark tonight and more than likely even after midnight before they roll in here. 63 for the overnight low. Tomorrow's showers linger in the morning, and then some sunshine and some more thunderstorms could develop in the late afternoon or evening. Tomorrow's high getting up to 80. Sunday is still the pick of the weekend, with mainly sunny skies and a high of 81. And then it climbs up close to 90 on Monday. Oof. and That's our best chance for getting some strong to spheres storms i think late in the day or through the evening hours and uh, those storms will probably taper off around midnight monday night and then the rest of next week low to mid 80s for highs going for a high today of about uh, 80 all right right now we're at 71 Mm -hmm. and i have the records Records. what do we got uh, it has been as warm as 102 on this date. Oof. That was in 1985. We're not near that today, no, thank God. No, and then 36, oof. That was, what? <laughs> that, that was in 1885 when they really were tough.
1: <laughs> right, and you know, there's those two things with you. When I, whenever I hear you say, we've got this, that, and the other, then you go... Now, coming in from the West, and I'm like, okay, this can't be good. Whenever there's something coming in from the West, <laughs> yeah. never good. No, that's, no. that's yet, where we get our storms from. Yep, yep, whenever you make that turn. Now, coming in from the West, I'm like, we're screwed. <laughs> Dave just said, coming in from the West, look out. Now, here's the other thing, Dave. Uh-oh. I was telling Rook that when we go out on the town, which is every other day, he was saying, uh, when, when, when he goes out with Joe, he always makes Joe pay. And I said, what you got to do is go with Dave. I said, Dave... You can't even get your you can't even say let me get my wallet. That's how generous Dave is compared to Joe. Oh, that's right. Nice. See? Right, right. Well, that's true. you get Dave you can't even say let me try to pay. Nope. 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 I got
8: it. one of those faults my mom and dad gave me We you all love records? you for it, though. I gave them already. Oh, did R- Rick, where have you We're, been?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> we not... got a guest ready,
1: so I, <laughs> oh, I was rushing, so I was There's off the, the dust bit, coming so.
8: out of your wallet when you. Uh... Yeah, 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 the
1: <laughs> cobras <laughs> are flying. Your me. second fiddle. We got an interview. Get out of all here. All right. right, thank man. you, up, David. Take, bye bye. Uh, all right, John Francis is with us right now. Good, a friend of yours, right? Yes, and he's yeah. with the uh, Father's Eve, and John's here to tell us quickly
3: about what Father's Eve is. It's a funny event. I've been involved with the past three years. And John, this is not a local, this is a national thing. And it happens the night before Father's Day. John, go ahead and tell us about, uh, tell the listeners about Father's Eve.
6: Well, thanks, Rook. Uh, Father's Eve is something that, uh, started in my garage in St. Paul, like, uh, a lot of good things do. As it
1: should. Yeah. Well,
6: yeah. and, uh, we had a lot of fun. It's the guys, basically a guy's night out. We say that, uh, dads need more, you know, and, uh. <laughs> Father's Day, everybody knows, is for dads and family. Father's Eve is just for the dads. So it's the night before, and what we do is get together. We have some fun. We connect, we share, and we celebrate fatherhood. And uh, well, this year we're going to be down at uh, Summit Brewing in St. Paul, and uh, we've got a bigger venue, and uh, we've got a few more games. So we got great food. Obviously, lots of beer, and uh, we got some giveaways, some raffles. We're doing a silent auction again. Uh, we raise money for charity, and we really enjoy getting together with just the guys and having fun. The The, the expectations are pretty low, uh, which makes it easy. I say we create a judgment-free environment with uh, no women, no girlfriends, no wives, no children. So
1: <laughs> John, this is J- fun. John, this is Jay Coles from Channel 5 filling in for Joe. When you said, loud, yeah. night of low expectations – now I understand why rookie's MCing
2: Whoa. Uh, oh. Whoa. and
1: now
6: it all falls into place. we get it we get it. Uh, Rook does a great job for us we we we've been uh we actually created a, a license agreement for this deal and and we're doing it this year in about forty five cities around the country, so it's pretty it's, we're growing we're having fun and just really trying to have some fun as as dads and and it's affordable too.
3: I mean, you can uh what is the website it's uh fathers. Eve.
6: com. yeah this uh, because our deal is a fundraiser we charge twenty dollars yep uh, not too painful and it's all the food and and uh, we've get to uh, I think you get a beer a couple of beers we have some raffles and giveaways we have games we do a uh, bags tournament cornhole bags toss, full tournament with trophies and everything we we have a hammer slogan which is an awful lot of fun it's a game you can play with a, be- a beer in your other hand and uh then we have a cigar roller there, um, all kinds of stuff going on. It should be a lot of fun, and we're expecting to have a lot of guys come out and uh, have some fun.
3: Yeah, the the twenty bucks you get more than twenty bucks worth. I can tell you that because the food there every year it's been a little bit different, and they're not serving just here's your hot dog and a bag of chips. It's uh, uh, Johnny goes uh, top drawer on this, and there's always you know good uh, volunteers and vendors that that donate some of their their products. So. If uh, FathersEve. Right. dot this year locally, it's going to be at Summit Brewing, and it's going to be on uh, Saturday, June sixteenth, from six to ten p.
1: m. Who gets the dough? It goes to charity. Which charity are we talking about?
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, we split it between two charities. One is a local group uh, we really like called the Father Project. Mm-hmm. They're part of the Goodwill Easter Seals, and they help uh, what are called reentry dads—dads dads coming out of the program, out of jail, out of prison, out of incarceration. They're they're going back to their families and they want to be dads and uh, they need a place to live. They need a job. They need a lot of things. And um, when they make that choice and commit to do it well, uh, it it improves everyone's life. So we know that dads really do matter. So that's one group. The other group is uh, the other end of the spectrum is, is called the national at home dad network, which is uh, there's about 10,000 members all over the country and it's an online community of at-home dads. Uh, we support them. They have a conference, which is really kind of fun. And uh, those guys have a whole different set of challenges. And um, so our we're, our whole theory is that we're dads helping dads be better dads. All right. Right? We all need a little help from time to time. Most guys don't want to ask for help, so we make it easy. And we get together, have some fun, and, and we really do some good.
4: And
1: well, thanks, John, and thanks for your generosity to Rook. We appreciate it. It Gives us something to do Saturday night. We'll look forward to it. Thanks, John.
3: Thanks, Johnny. We'll see you on the 16th. You bet. 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 Sign up at Father'sEve.com. We got a scramble coming up. We got a fly. Be right back, and we'll wrap it up.
6: The music of Count Basie and his great band.